What does jumping in the deep end of the pool and conducting an orchestra have to do with IT? And could they be the secret to a successful IT career? My name is Charles Araujo, and welcome to the Transform IT Show, presented by the Intel IT Center. In today's episode, I sit down with Charles Lee, the former CIO at Taco Bell, to talk about his interesting career journey and what he learned along the way. And he'll explain why the deep end of the pool was one of his favorite places to be and how he sees himself as a conductor of the IT orchestra. If you're watching this episode at airtime, don't forget to participate in our live Twitter chat. Just follow hashtag transformIT and IT chat to participate. And if you're not, well, make sure you catch the next one live so that you can join in the conversation. All right, let's get going. Are you ready to dive into the deep end of the pool? I'm here today with Charles Lee, the former CIO of Taco Bell and a bunch of other places. And we're going to talk a little bit about his career and specifically about some of the things that have led him to where he's at. So Charles, thank you for being with us today and welcome to the Transform IT Show. Thank you. So one of the things that you, know, you and I had an opportunity to sit down over a cup of coffee at a Starbucks or whatever it was, and you were telling your story. And one of the things that I started laughing about as we were going was that it seemed like you kept getting thrown into the deep end of the pool. And as I said that to you, you kind of reflected back on it and said, you know, that's, that's kind of right. And that you thought that maybe that was actually kind of pertinent to what happened in your career. So tell us a little bit about that and maybe as part of that, your, your own story and journey. So. Um I'll tell it to you in, in three little small stories. Uh, first of all, I was um, an engineer working at a company called TRW in the aerospace industry in the 80s. And um, I'd had a, a pretty good career as a programmer and whatnot. And uh, a mentor of mine uh, went off and he decided he was going to um, do some uh, business development for the organization to expand its, its reach. And, uh, and one day he invited me, hey, why don't you come and join me in doing this business development work? And I, um, I thought about it and I said, I don't know anything about doing business development. And I, I remember the, the words he said to me that, that just resonated throughout my entire career was, you're a smart guy, you'll figure it out. And wherever you get stuck, I'll help you. And so, you know, long story short, um, had this opportunity to work on uh, acquiring some new business and, and we were, we were very successful. You know, we worked hard, uh, worked through some challenges, and got through. So that was one story. The other story was, um, as you know, I have uh, three children by way of adoption. And uh, I remember after we adopted my son, um, how difficult it was uh, to work through all the paperwork associated with adoption. And the agency that we worked with was based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we said, well, uh, why don't you open an office in California and make this process a little simpler for, uh, uh, for, for people that are located here in Orange County? And they said, well, it's, it's a little difficult to um, open offices in, in Orange County. So um, I said, well, if you're ever interested, let us know, and we'd love to help. And so five years goes by, and I'm, I'm working in my office one day, and my wife calls me, and she says, hey, um, got a call from... Uh, uh, Dillon International and they asked if we could help open an office here in Orange County and I thought about it for a second she said well I already said yes <laughs> and I was thinking to myself I have no idea how to do this but I just remembered the words you know what um, we'll figure it out things just kind of worked out really well 
and we were able to meet some amazing people and help a, a number of, of uh, families um, you know, find wonderful children, and these wonderful children found wonderful homes. But I think the, the, the lesson there was um, there's an inner voice that tells you that um, you should do this. And it makes no logical sense as an engineer because you don't have any of the, the, the understanding. But you know what? That voice, you, you just have to listen to that voice. The third story is um, when I took the reins at Taco Bell. And uh, I, uh, it, was, it was an order of magnitude bigger than anything I had ever done before. But um, I, you know, I, I remember that you know, the people that I worked with just seemed you know, so much more intellectually advanced than I were, was and so much more experienced. But um, you know, I, I sought out answers. I tried to figure out how do I do this? How do I do this right? And I remember you know, going to somebody that I, I respected who had a lot of experience, and I, and I said, so how do I even get started with this? There's all these fires burning and, and, and everything. And you know, one of the things that I remember him sharing with me was, you got to create a vision for the team. Otherwise, the people are lost. And so in the midst of all of this uh, craziness that was going on, took the time to do that, and I um, created this vision. And I think that was sort of the launching pad for being able to accomplish things that we were able to accomplish. So there, it's, it's just seeking out um, knowledge from people that, that you respect and uh, you know, leveraging that knowledge in, in, um, in what you're trying to accomplish. I mean, I think it's, it's interesting. You talk about this inner voice, and I think, at least in my experience, there's actually two of them. The one that says, yeah, I can figure this out. And then the other voice is the one that says, maybe I'm not up to this. Maybe I, you know, did they ask the wrong person? And I, I know when we were, you were telling the story, you, you kind of said that a couple of times, like, you know, they're asking me to do this? I mean, mm -hmm. how do you, do you, maybe you don't have both voices, but I mean, how, how do you play that one out? I think that all of us were, were human and we hear these, um, what I've heard the term gremlins that say, oh, you can't do this or you can't do that. You know, it's risky, it's fraught with peril. But, um, you know, I. You know, I, I, I have a, a deep-seated faith, and I, I, I try to listen to that voice inside that resonates beyond what is logical, and it, it breaks through that noise for me. And so I've, I've made some career choices that were, were illogical, turning down opportunities that, that were amazing opportunities, you know, from, from the outset but um, it wouldn't have worked out with my family. You just have to really um, seek that, that voice inside and, and make sure that that's the right, right one for you. I think that one of the, the things that is, is interesting, that when you were telling me this story, I was reflecting on my own career and realizing that I had a lot of those same moments, those mm -hmm. same moments where I got thrown into that deep end of the pool, I had no idea what I was doing, but I had someone who had faith in me and I rose to that challenge. And they became, I think, as you, know, you describe some of these career-defining moments. Mm -hmm. But what I think is interesting, and I've actually told the story to a number of other CIOs who often sit back and go, yeah, yeah, that's right. I've, I've had the same thing, or not just CIOs, a lot, of, a lot of folks. And then at the same time, I think we look and say, yet we are not seeing those same kind of opportunities be presented as commonly today. I think back 10, 15, 20 years ago, it seemed to be, and maybe I'm wrong, but it seemed to be more common. And today we seem to be, I, I don't know, maybe it's that we're more risk averse or 
whatever that is leading IT organizations in particular, I think maybe business organizations even more broadly, to be less inclined to do that. I'm curious if you think that's the case, and if so, why, and, and maybe what can we do about it? Well, I think uh, this is based on, on my, my life, my career, but I, I think that one of the things that really changed uh, the dynamic was the financial meltdown in 2008. I think uh, as companies downsized and, and people went through these horrific experiences, um, you know, emotionally, financially, um, and, and business went businesses went up and up and down. Uh, I think that uh, it it made people pause and and not uh, be as risk taking as they would have been. So it changed that trajectory. I think there's also another dynamic, which is the generation that's coming up behind um, us. And uh, I think that the, you know, we went through this, this period of time where we thought that somehow our careers, our jobs would define who we are as people. It would give us fulfillment and it would meet all of our needs. And, and we took that, you know, fully. And, and you see people that um, live that lifestyle where I, you know, I remember growing up and, and you know, my, my friends that were um, you know, working for the big four, they would brag about how many hours they put in, lawyers, how many hours they build. And it, it led to the destruction of a lot of families. And I think the, the kids, the younger people that saw that go, you know what, they took pause and they said, do I really want to do that? And so in some ways, they, they, they're a little bit more um, wiser than I was going through that period of time. So, so you're going to see a, a little of that going on as well. Given the opportunity, um, I think it's really important for people that are coming through to really seek opportunities and looking at the business and say, I know technology, but how can I take what I know to uh, enhance the brand of the organization and, and build it? or you know, how can I help increase the, the profitability or the revenue side of, of the organization and ask those kinds of questions versus, you know, how can I set up my clusters for my servers better or, uh, you know, create redundancy for my network? And I think that is the issue that I, so I appreciate what you're saying, that, that maybe part of the issue is people are not as willing to sell their soul to their careers as maybe we were more inclined to in the past. But by the same token, I think that they have to be willing to take that risk and they have to be willing to dive into that deep end of the pool. And where we're seeing maybe less of it happening, happening naturally, we need to create those opportunities by volunteering and stepping in. I mean, what would be your recommendation, you know, just briefly before we change subjects on this, uh, of how someone might do that? You know, people that are coming in through the engineering ranks have, they usually have more things that, that they're asked to do than they can possibly fulfill, right? And they have to make choices about the, the areas that they, they focus on. And I think really trying to understand the language of the business and understanding the financials that drive an organization and what is important and focusing on those questions more so. So, hey, hey there's an opportunity to, to um, you know, work on a business intelligence initiative to understand, you know, you know, buying patterns and say, you know, I would love an opportunity to work on that project and jump into that. Or if it's even possible to, to maybe even step out of IT and work in operations or, you know, partner with, with marketing to really get embedded in the fabric of the business because Technology is that digital, you know, that, that framework for, you know, business today. 
and now just jumping out there, being able to speak the proper language and, um, uh, and, and engage in the proper way. But I think there's some skills that need to be developed in order to do that, which is you know, get out of the mindset of the engineer speak and then get involved in the language of you know, the financials and, and uh, brand building that everybody else in the organization does. I mean, you and I have both been through those meetings where you know, there, there would be a conversation with the executive teams and the engineer comes in and, and they, they open their mouth and that <laughs> moment everybody gets lost, right. their eyes glaze over. <laughs> Nobody understands a word, right? But if they can take that and, and they have that ability to be able to translate what they're thinking into something that um, allows that other person to understand what they're saying, um, I think it, it, it will allow them to, to get in the game, so to speak. So when we sat down, we also talked about your kids and how they got involved in the orchestra, and I love music, and so that was a fun conversation just in general. But then you kind of took it back to our professional lives and said that as you were going through that and watching all this kind of play out, that you saw some parallels between your own career and the work that the conductor was doing as he was working with your kids and just with the orchestra in general. So tell us a little bit about that. As I observe, and, and I'm not musical in, in any way, I, I, have the, I have the ability to sit back and, and watch their musical progression and, and, and watch how they participate in, in orchestras and bands and all that. And as I looked at the, the conductor, I, I was fascinated because you know here's a person that plays no instruments and um, and and what are they doing and and I and I wanted to, to understand that because it feels like it's it's similar to the role of, of a CIO um, I know that when you have the right conductor uh, there could be two conductors that, that orchestrate the same piece and they hit all the same notes but the result of it can be quite different in terms of that that experience and as I, I thought about it, you know, the role of the conductor is to, to study the score, understand what you know, each of the players are going to play and how all of this is, is, is going to weave together to create that sound that's unique to that, that conductor. The second thing is that a conductor is given a, a number of different uh, instruments that they have to conduct. Uh, they're given different skill levels and they're getting, given different personalities that they have to work with very similar to the role of a CIO. But uh, you know, I think it's, it's that, that art and science of, of making sure that the musical piece is played correctly, but then also making sure that you give enough room for the individuality of each person and, and, and each instrument to be able to be played in a certain way. So you know, you, you have in, in our field, you have people that, that operate at different, different ways. You've got people that, that like you know, marching band people, and you've got people that are improvisationalists. And I realize the key to making this all work is to, to make sure that everybody in the, um, in the orchestra you know, plays to the same beat. But within that beat, they have that individuality, but everything has to come together. So when you see a person that's not keeping up, well, they're behind the beat. Uh, and then you see really talented, aggressive people that are really bright, but they go too far in front, and that can create a problem as well. And so the, the role of, this, uh, of the conductor is to be able to make sure that everybody plays on the beat, and the result of that 
produces that, that sound or that music and the intent of, of, of what the, the score was trying to communicate. And so I think there's, there's similarities in that way. So I'm gonna ask you from two different perspectives, from an executive's perspective and from a IT professional's perspective, maybe that up and coming leader, how do you strike that balance of, of being the good team player, but also uh, unleashing that creativity and that individuality because we're gonna have to harness that if we're gonna be successful? I think that uh, first and foremost as a CIO, you have to have some good experiences. Like a conductor, you have to be able to have have um, come up through the ranks, so to speak. And um, you know, I'm not docking anybody that, that didn't come through the, the technology ranks, because I, you know, I know a lot of them that are really, really good at what they do, but it really helps to understand the, the sound of, of each of these instruments in terms of, uh, you know, how does a server work? How does a network work? You know, how do you build software? But to your point, a lot of conductors haven't played all those instruments. They haven't. It's a matter of just having a respect for them and understanding. Having it, right? a respect and understanding and, and have gone through a few of those. Right. Because they have to work with other people in the other disciplines. So I, th I think that that's, that's important and not getting thrown into that too soon right. without having a, 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 a nice base. I think as you get into the executive ranks, I think one of the, the most important thing is to, to build a rapport with uh, your counterparts. And what is it that they're trying to achieve? And, and understanding their needs and, and in the process, helping them think through the problem and then being able to articulate uh, how you can, can bring value to what they're trying to achieve. As you look back on your career and you look forward to your future, what do you think is the one or two things that has really made the difference, has enabled you to not only be successful, but to be successful through all of this change. I mean, you, you haven't gone into a lot of it, but you've had a very varied career. I mean, a lot of different kinds of roles. How have you, I mean, what, what is that one or two things that is, has really been kind of the key to your success? Well, I think early on it started out with, um, you know, perhaps having a mentor and somebody that you respect that, that will take the time and the energy to, um, look at what you're doing and, and, and provide guidance for you and help you along, along the way. And that... Did you seek out a mentor when you were younger? You know, I, I, I like to say I, I was that forward, but no. I mean, I, I think that, you know, you build relationships with people um, and in the process of that, somebody decides that they want to take you under their wing because they like you. Right. And there's something there that, that's good about being liked and um, being likable. And so a lot, I think a lot more doors get open when, when that's the case. And, and part of that is, you know, having, you know, being respectful of what everybody does. I mean, you certainly don't want to make enemies, but everybody has a different role and, and you may not want to do what they're doing, but you have to respect what they're doing. And I think that that's one thing. The other thing that, that is, is really important is this, this idea of, of being bold. And um, you have to be able to, it's hard to describe, but you just, you just have to have that, that, that thing inside that, that, that tells you, hey, take a risk. You know, uh, what's the worst thing that can happen? Take a risk. And, and if you have that desire and you're willing to reach for it, and, and you gotta work. Once you say, I wanna take that, you gotta put in the work. And w when you do that, a lot of good things happen. You learn a heck of a lot. Every time you get exposed to a new area, your, your learning just expands. And, and everything that you 
already knew starts to expand as well. So I, I think the, the other part is, you know, don't lose your soul. You, you, there are things that are important in life and don't lose sight of it. You know, I, I remember, um, you know, sitting around my dad when he uh, was dying of cancer. And I, I remember, you know, we, my sisters and I uh, sat around his bed, uh, my mom and his sister flew in, and we were there and we, we sent him off. And I, I remember how significant that impact was to say that he was a loved man and never lose sight of the fact that with all this other stuff that's going on, that is the most important thing. And, um, but the journey uh, in life is, can be so interesting if you're, if you're willing to, to, to just embrace it. It's, it's interesting you say that because I think that that is one of the messages, and you talked about the younger generation, that it is possible to do all of this. It is mm -hmm. possible to have relationships, mentors. It is possible to be bold and ambitious and to do it in a way that you don't lose your soul, that you don't lose sight of what's truly important. It's not easy, uh -huh. but it is, it's possible, and I think you've kind of exemplified that. So as we wrap this up, my last question to you is, at the end of the day, this is, I, I love hearing these stories, and as I talked to you before, that's a huge part of what this is, to just get some of these amazing stories out. But it's also about the future for the viewers, the people that are watching, the IT professionals, the leaders that are trying to look forward into their lives and careers. And we want to make this very actionable for them. So what is the one thing that if you were talking to each one of our viewers individually that you would tell them to go do tomorrow, today, in the next 10 minutes, what is the one action that they should be taking from your story here today? I think if it's, if it's one thing is to get in tuned with that inner voice and figure out how to dialogue with it in an effective way to take away that noise those demons, those insecurities, and those those terrible voices that you've heard in the past, and you know, and, and just go for it. I, I don't know how else to say it. Is is just take that first step today. Don't wait five years from now. Take that first step today. Whatever it may be, seeking out a mentor, um, when going and, and, and saying, hey, I want to do that. Taking that, I want to I want to work on that initiative that with marketing. I want to work on that. And I don't know what, what, what it may entail, but I want to do that. And I, I think that everything starts with that first step. Jump in and, and go. At some point, it, you've moved past the point of analyzing. You just need to take action. Just take need to action. Do. Very good. Charles, it's a pleasure. I thank you so much for being with us. It was a great conversation, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this. So thank you very much. Thank you. Wow. That was inspiring. At least I know it was for me. And if I can sum up Charles's advice for all of us, it is to be bold, but to maintain balance. To be ambitious, but to not lose your soul in the process. And most of all, to take action right now. Don't wait. Don't overanalyze. Step forward and act. But I also know that it is sometimes easier said than done. So that's your question and your challenge. How can you get out of your own way, listen to that inner voice that's telling you that you can do it, and to take that bold action? And what will that action be? If you're watching this live, share your morning action, as I'm calling it, with all of us right now using the hashtags TransformIT and ITChat. 
or post your morning action in the comments section here. But don't let this moment pass. Take some action. Also, don't forget to take advantage of everything available to you as you make your way on this journey. The folks at the Intel IT Center have made a wealth of resources available to you. You can check it out at www.intel.com slash itcenter. In addition, you can also check out the free programs and resources that we make available as part of our mission at the IT Transformation Institute. Go to www.transformingit.org for more on that. Finally, if you haven't yet read a copy of my book, The Quantum Age of IT, Why Everything You Know About IT Is About to Change, I'd love for you to have one. The folks at Intel have made copies of my book available for 50% off to all viewers of the show. And if you're one of the first to register for the next show, you can get a copy for free. So don't wait. Click the link below to register now and get your free copy. That's it for now. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Transform IT. And make sure you join us two weeks from now and participate in our live chat while you watch the episode. I'm Charles Araujo, and together we can change the world of IT.